This is Jim Fleming. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Stuart Heights or more about our class, or if you'd like to leave us some feedback, you can do so at teachings.jim314.com. Enjoy the lesson. Open your Bibles to Colossians. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to start in Colossians chapter 1 and get up to speed on where we are in Colossians chapter 4. Uh, we have several new folks in the class today, so welcome. I'm uh, glad you're here. We are really, really big on two things. One is the Bible and the other is Jesus. And since they're kind of very interconnected, we're going to focus on both a lot this morning. So uh, find Colossians chapter 1 in your Bibles while you're turning there. I want to bring your attention to something that's different on the table this morning. What's different on the table? this morning. There's a scroll on the table this morning. So uh, somebody pull that uh, ribbon that was so expertly put on those scrolls this morning. I did that. <clears throat> accolades, accolades. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you want to read, Bella? Excellent. Fire away. <laughs> You're like, uh... So, so you've been waiting to say it your whole life. And it be literally true. It's Greek to me. Yes, it is. Right. So that, if you'll just pass that around at the table and let everybody see it, that is, that is literally what the entire book of Colossians looked really close to when it was written. Now, it was probably not written on one piece of physical paper, obviously, right? Uh, but uh, it was in all capitals. There were no spaces even in between the words. Everything was just run together. Uh, it was run together because paper was extraordinarily scarce and it was incredibly expensive. So you didn't waste anything. You used all of it. Uh, more than likely, it would have gone even up closer to the edge of the page. I probably should have shrunk the margins even a little bit more. Uh, but all capital letters... Uh, as much of it on a single page or maybe the front and then part of the next page rolled up in a scroll and that's what we're talking about. A letter was delivered to the church at Colossae and today we're going to be talking about the guys that actually walked it around. Uh, so, so as you flip through your Bible and find Colossians, you're flipping past or you're scrolling past books of the Bible that are there because the men who we talk about today did their jobs well. Which is kind of cool, I think. Uh, so let's start in Colossians 1. I told you we're big on the Bible. We're going to read from Colossians 1.1 all the way to 4.6. And then we'll talk a little bit about today's text, 4.7 through 4.15. We'll get about halfway through today's text and we'll finish up next week. So Colossians 1.1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you have heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learn from Epaphras, our dear, dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us 
to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are on heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things. And in Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. By Him, whether things on the earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now He is reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of His body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to His saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to His working which works in me mightily. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea and for as many as I have not seen in the face and the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the Spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. In Him you are also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the working of God, who raised Him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substances of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, 
which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things in the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word, to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that it may make it manifest as I also ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are without, outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. That's one of my favorite things I get to do each week. Y'all are like, duh. <laughs> That's the scripture. This would have happened. Somebody would have walked up to the pastor in the church of Colossae, handed in the scroll, and I, I imagine they would have quickly gotten everybody together because we just got a letter from Paul. And he's the big name of the time. He was giving directions. He was helping people. He was helping them understand what it was supposed to be to be the church. So he has, he has delivered the theology in the letter up to this point. And today's lesson, if I could talk, I'm using the titles from the uh, New King James. So if you have a New King James and it's got a header in your Bible, that's the titles for each of these uh, lessons. Today's is uh, Final Greetings. And if, if I were writing a Bible, which I'm not going to, um, I would call this Shout Outs. Because we're at the very end, and he's shouting out. It's like, hey, we're over here. Hey, over here. Hey. And I told Barry Cole I was going to dance at this point, and he said I shouldn't do that. So I'm not going to dance. So you can tell Barry, thank you for that. All right. 
but he's concluded the bulk of his letter. He's addressed the theology and the church issues, and he now he comes to the, the tactical matters of passing along greetings, encouragement, and hope. So he starts in verse 7 here. He says, Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They will make known to you all the things which are happening here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. With Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice. These are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. They have proved to be a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you, and those who are in Laodicea and those who are in Heropolis, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphus in the church that is in his house. So here is my prayer for you today. I usually end with my prayer for you. I want to start with my prayer for you. I hope that you have people in your life like Tychicus, Onesimus, Aristarchus, Mark, Justice, Epaphras, Luke, Demas, and Nymphus. People that you can count on. People that can count on you. People that, because of what God has done in their lives, are worthy of being called out. People that need to hear encouragement. People that you can count on and rely on when things are tough, when things are difficult. And, and their lives should be an encouragement to us. Because I read through the New Testament and I read about people like Peter and James and John and Paul and Jesus... And I, I sit and I think and I study and I go, how could, I, how could my life ever relate to the impact that they have? I have a difficult time wrapping my head around that. But when I get to people in the New Testament, like Tychicus and Onesimus and Aristarchus and Mark and Justice and Epaphras, I think I can relate a little bit more because their jobs were to be faithful every single day. Their jobs were to hold the rope. Their jobs were to carry, literally, to carry the letter so that churches could be encouraged. And I say, that is fantastic. So let's learn about a couple of them today. So the first is Tychicus, and his name means fortuitous or fortunate. And he shows up several different places. Um, the, the Colossians didn't know who Tychicus was, so he actually brought... Uh, he was from he was uh, Epaphras brought the good news from Colossae to Paul in Rome, uh, and he wouldn't go back. So so Paul sent Tychicus in, instead. And Tychicus is mentioned in Acts twenty verse four as one of the people who came with Paul from the Roman Roman province of Asia to Jerusalem, and he carried the offering from those believers uh, in. Asia to the needy Christians in Jerusalem. So, so if you're looking around for a believer who needs to take an offering individually from one location to another location, who do you pick? You pick the most honest person you can find, right? You pick somebody who's going to do the job and who's going to do it well, and they picked Tychicus to handle the collection. Now, this was enough money to support what we think to be at least dozens and perhaps even hundreds of believers in cities far away. So this was not like, oh, you got a check in your back pocket and you're good. There were no checks in that day. It would have had to have carried something valuable. It would have been a pretty substantial volume of something. He probably would have gone with a group of people just for security's sake. And he was the leader of this effort to get materials from one place to another. Um, he carried the epistle to the Colossians 
and the epistle to the Ephesians. So I'm going to borrow this one because it still looks like a scroll. So this was Tychicus's job. Tychicus's job was to find the pastor in Colossians and to walk up to him. This is for you. That's a big deal, right? We flip past these little bitty letters and we forget sometimes that they were actually written on something that was handed to somebody. And somebody was entrusted with these words. Now, don't misunderstand me. I absolutely, completely, and totally believe in the preservation of the Scripture. God, when He inspired, when the Holy Spirit spoke to these men, and, and maybe women, we don't know who wrote Hebrews. Could be. Uh, when, they spoke, when the Holy Spirit spoke, the exact words came out. The exact words were written down. But it would do no good if that document didn't get to where it needed to go. Does this make sense? So there's some element of preserving God's Word. The Psalms talks about this over and over and over and over again. How the Word of God is preserved, how it is purified, how it is clean, how it is pure. So even if Tychicus had failed, somebody else would have picked up and done the job. But he didn't. He delivered the letter. You know why we know he delivered the letter? Because we're reading it. Yes. Right? Success. We are literally looking at his success and the Holy Spirit's uh, beautiful work through time. So he delivered the letter to the Colossians. He delivered the letter to the Ephesians. So if either one of those letters has ever been a blessing or a help to you, thank God for Tychicus today. Maybe somebody you've never thought about thanking before, but thank God for Tychicus. So Tychicus, a beloved or an agape brother. This is not a phileo brother. This is an agape brother. I'm going to talk about agape brothers a little bit later. An agape brother, faithful. And this is, this is trustworthy or sure. Um, a minister. Does anybody have a different word than minister in your translation? May have a different word than minister? A what? A faithful helper. Good. Anybody else? Here's your blank. Waiter. Waiter. Guess what the Greek word is? Diakonos. It's deacon. What do deacons do? They deek, of course, right? I mean, that's how you... No, 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 sorry. Uh, it, it was a term for the waiter. It was a term for the person who brought the food from one location to another location. It was whatever needed to be done, that's what you did. They were the caulk guys of the New Testament. They filled in the hole, right? So there was this waiter, this is servant. It's, it's one who executes the commands of another, which I think is a, a great way to describe anybody that is serving the Lord because we are simply executing the commands of another. The reason I stand up here each Sunday morning and teach you from the Scriptures is because I am executing the commands from somebody else. The reason you are listening is because you are executing the command to listen from somebody else. These commands come from the Lord. So these, these, these guys just, they, they served. That's what they did. A fellow servant or a co-slave. This is also how Epaphras is described in Colossians 1.7. A fellow servant in the Lord. He will tell you or he will declare all the news about me or everything that's relating to me. Now, now why, would, why would Paul not write down in the letter how things were going with him personally? I want to talk about this for a second. Why would Paul not put that in the letter? Holy Spirit didn't tell him to. Thank you. That's Yes. Right? That's, that's our obvious answer. Why would the Holy Spirit not tell him to? Letter wasn't about him. What else? 
I heard two at the same time. Yep, back here. He didn't have that kind of relationship with Colossians at that point. He probably didn't have that kind of relationship, right? So that's. We, we don't, we're not sure he'd not been there. There are a lot of people that don't think he had. I actually think he has, but okay. I, I hadn't gone there yet. So I don't know that I will. We may get into that last week. What would you say, Al? I was just looking at the paper, and I mean, maybe your resources were very limited, and he didn't have time to speak. He, he didn't use a lot of time there, right? I mean, this would have taken, it takes me about 14 or 15 minutes to read the whole thing, but how much do we want to know, right? Um, a couple of the commentators uh, propose that there's an idea of uh, if, if somebody was caught with too much from Paul, that that could have put them in personal jeopardy. Because you, you know the reason Paul's in prison at this point, right? Why is he in prison at this point? It's back in Acts 19 or 20 or so. He what? He's spreading the gospel. And what is this physical piece of paper about to do? We're, we're going to talk about Jesus. You had noticed, we talk about Jesus a lot. And we, we say Jesus is Lord, and He is the creator of all things. And Caesar is not going to like that message. Right? So, so this message is offensive enough without being connected to somebody who is sitting in prison talking about all the things that they need. And if they shared too many plans back and forth, that could get cut. And this could go poorly. So perhaps the reason he didn't talk about himself. So, so Tychicus is supposed to relay how Paul is doing. Now, how would Tychicus know how Paul's doing? He handed him a letter for one, right? So that's helpful, right? How else? He's been with him. He's been hanging out with him. Now, where's Paul? He's in jail, right? He's in prison. So how do you hang out with somebody who's in prison? You either go see them or you're in prison too, right? So you really only have two options. So, so either he visited somebody who was in prison for the gospel... See, 10 years ago, if I had taught this lesson, that wouldn't have been a very poignant statement. Now, it might be. He went and visited somebody who's in prison for the gospel. So, guys, when this starts to happen, let's follow the example here. Let's visit each other. Let's hold each other up. Let's not abandon when some of us may be called upon to suffer in a way that results in going to prison for the sake of the gospel. So when that happens, he was either visiting Paul in prison or he was in prison with Paul. So we'll talk about this in just a second. It's pretty neat. So I am sending him to you for this very purpose that he may know whose circumstances? Your circumstances. The, the word here is peri. P-E-R-I. It means all over. It's, it's, it's the, so the, sorry, I've got to talk math. Perimeter? Perimeter means what? All the way around. Right? Perry is around, meter is to measure, to measure all the way around. He wants to know all of their circumstances. Why? So that Tychicus can comfort their hearts. Now why would Paul, so get this guys, Paul is taking somebody who has been a comfort to himself, he is still in prison, he is saying, you have done your work with me, go help somebody else. Now, now, now that is a selfless act. Would you not say? Because if I'm in prison, I can promise you, Michelle, that I would love, Michelle, some of that homemade bread. Okay? So I'm putting it on the podcast, putting it on a record right now. If I get thrown in prison for the gospel, I expect some homemade bread. All right? Cool. <clears throat> and if you come through, I can almost promise you that I'm not going to tell you to go back in for a whole bunch of other people, too, because I want to study supply here, right? And, and this is what he's saying. He's saying, he, you have helped me. I want him to help you, too. Now, 
Now that is a beautiful agape brother right there. That is somebody who is serving, who is working, who is willing to help. So your circumstances, you're all over. And comfort. So, so he wants to know about the Colossians, not so he can talk about the Colossians, so that he can help the Colossians. That's your next blank, to help them. So if you're not used to taking blanks in our class, you get waiter, all over, and then help. And then we get to verse 9. And I could talk about verse 9 for, I don't know, what do you think, Albert? Three hours? Absolutely. Four hours, probably. Uh, I'm not. But Onesimus. I love Onesimus. Anybody knows, know what Onesimus' name means? Profitable. That's right. Profitable. Uh, and it shows up in the book of Philemon. So, so let's flip over to Philemon. We're going we're gonna to jump for just a second. Now, have we done this yet? in our study of Colossians. We've looked at a verse or two. We're actually going to read the whole text of Philemon. Okay? It doesn't take long. It's even littler than, shorter than this. Littler. <laughs> you can call me out on that later, Anna Grace, right? With Onesimus. So Tychicus goes with Onesimus. So I want you to take two minutes. I want you to take two minutes and read through Philemon for me. Just to yourself, at your table, read through Philemon. If you don't have a scripture, lean over with something, pull out your phone, download the app, and probably do that in two minutes. Read through Philemon for me. I'm not going to give you enough time to check Facebook, too. So. <clears throat> All right, so who is Philemon? Where does Philemon live? Anybody got a guess? Colossae, yes, he lives in Colossae. Was Onesimus a good guy or a bad guy? What's the answer? Yes, is the answer, absolutely. He started off bad, like all of us, right? And then what happened? He ran away. He, he stole, we think he stole something or defrauded Philemon. Philemon was his owner. He stole or defrauded Philemon in some way. He runs away. He ends up where? In Rome. With who? Paul. With Paul. 
I love the sovereignty of God. It's like, what? How are you going to do this? How are you going to find a way to run away and the gospel chases you down in prison? Chased him down in prison. He has gotten in trouble for stealing. He's going to be killed. He's going to be, he could be executed. Philemon could, have him, uh, yeah, Philemon could have him executed for what he did. He meets up with Paul. He gets saved. Paul tells him to do what? Whoa, time out. You sure? Because that's radical. He tells him to go back. Carrying what? That letter you just read. You know who delivered Philemon? Onesimus. Knock, knock, knock. Door opens. Probably Philemon's head slave opens the door. Somebody that Onesimus would have worked with on a daily basis. Somebody who had to pick up work because of what Onesimus bailed out on. Goes and gets Philemon. Maybe even Philemon's wife, who's also mentioned in there. They come to the door. Onesimus hands him the letter. He unrolls it and he starts to read. And here's a letter from Paul. Somebody that he respects. Somebody he loves. Somebody he knows. It says, take him back. So you are literally face to face with somebody who has wronged you. And you are being asked to forgive. And not just forgive, but to take back into the house. Not as a what? Not as a slave, but now as a, a brother. Whole new elevation of status. So when Paul says the name Onesimus to the church that's in Colossae, everybody knew the story. So Onesimus just got called out. So Onesimus might be wondering what words are coming next. Because Tychicus just got bragged on. So how does Paul describe Onesimus? What's the next word? Faithful. What? Do you love the gospel or what? What does Onesimus mean? And what was his sin? He stole something. He was unprofitable. And now he's been made profitable. He's been made faithful. A beloved brother, an agape brother who is one of you. He is one of them. He's from Colossae. They will make known to you all things which are happening here. It's a beautiful thing. So, your next blank. These men carried Colossians, Ephesians, and Philippians. And Philemon. Somebody else carried Philippians. Verse 10. Aristarchus. Aristarchus. Now, this guy's a Jew, and he's first mentioned in the New Testament in Acts 19.22 where it's reported that, that along with Gaius, he was dragged into the theater at Ephesus. And when this riot was over and Paul left Ephesus, Aristarchus went with him. We're in Acts 20 now. And, and he shows up, and he was one of the folks on the committee in charge of Paul's collection for Jerusalem. So he knew Tychicus. These guys knew each other from a few years prior when they were serving together. And I want you to see that these, these folks knew each other. Some of them were related to each other. Christianity was a family thing. This was not a, oh, yeah, I go to church with that person, but I don't know. No, 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 they have served together. They have done battle together. Aristarchus was with Paul all the time because after he was in prison two years in Caesarea, in Acts 27 too, 
Luke says that Aristarchus was with us in the long voyage to Rome. So Aristarchus gets no airtime whatsoever for like seven chapters in the book of Acts. But he was there. Now how do you like that? So yeah, I was on Paul's missionary journeys, but I, don't, I can't really put it on my resume because he, he didn't talk about it. <laughs> but he was there. He was there in the beatings, in the floggings at Ephesus. He was there in prison in Caesarea. See, uh, Barclay's got a neat quote on there. He says, Aristarchus was a man who was always on the spot when things were at their grimmest. Whenever Paul was in a bad trouble, Aristarchus was there. That is holding the rope. It is not praying that somebody will hold the rope. It is holding the rope. It says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with who? With Mark. Now, if there is a comeback story in the New Testament, it is Mark. Because Mark, you, you may, what are the books of the New Testament? Matthew? Guess who wrote that one? Mark, yes. It's this guy right here. Now, Mark has an interesting story because Mark started off really kind of cool. He, he was Barnabas's cousin. Which you think about, I mean, if you're going to be related to somebody, that's kind of cool, right? Because Barnabas is a big deal in the book of Acts. And Barnabas wanted to take Mark with him. And Paul wanted to take who? Not Mark. <laughs> okay? Because on their first trip out, Mark stayed with them for a little while. And when they got close to his home, Mark bailed. And, and Mark went home. And Paul was not about quitting in the middle of a job. You, you may see a theme of uh, endurance, of stick with it, of be content in whatever situation you're in, of all these things in Paul's writings. Because Paul put a high value on getting the job done. And, and Mark went home. And, and Barnabas and Paul got into a what? <gasps> there are disagreements among leaders in Christianity? Yes, there are. And this one was actually so bad that they split up. They split up. Now, we get to have arguments and they don't get recorded for all time. They had an argument and it got recorded for all time. And I love the fact that the circle comes all the way back around and we see who Paul is commending to them with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. It is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. Because Mark had come back. Mark had served well. Mark's story wasn't finished when he stayed on the island and they left him. So I don't know where you are in your story. I don't know if you think that you have abandoned at this point or if you're walking exactly where you're supposed to be. But until you stop breathing for the very last time, your story is not over. So our God is a God of second and third and fourth and fifth and 19 and 267 and 4,642 chances. 
right? You can smile when I say that. Because this is good for us. This is part of what the good news is. And that word is not just welcome. It's, here's your blank, hospitable reception. H-O-S-P-I-T-A-L. A-B-L-E, sorry. Hospitable reception. And, verse 11, who? Jesus. What? All right, so a couple things you want to know. Jesus was a common name at this point in history. So when you see on the news, oh, they've uncovered Jesus' grave, it says Jesus. Well, yeah, because there were like thousands of people named Jesus. I would expect there to be some with bones inside that say Jesus. Shocker, right? This was, a, this was like, they found Albert's grave. Well, yeah, I know more people named Albert. I don't know anybody cooler than Albert, like, named Albert. But, I mean, that's, you know, I know other people named Albert. And Jesus, who was called what? Justice. And Justin's not here, otherwise I'd have ragged on him today. But uh, this is the only time he's mentioned in the Scripture. Uh, Jesus is the Jewish name. Justice is the Roman name. He says, These are my fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. They have proved to be a comfort to me. And I, I like justice here because he's completely unknown except for being a fellow worker. The Holy Spirit considered him to be a comfort to a man of God, and he made the list. I'm good with that. that like, if you want to, when they put me in the ground, if you, if you can say I was a worker, that I was a comfort to a man of God, and I made the list, I'm good. Like, three bullet points, we're done. Put him down. Praise Jesus. Talk about somebody else, right? That, what a great testimony. What a great testimony. So you say, Jim, what's the point? All right, number one, agape brothers and sisters stick. They stick. They don't abandon. If you're in prison, they stick. They don't abandon. So what do I do with that? Well, find agape brothers and sisters. I'll give you a pro tip here. Be one, and you'll find one. All right? Uh, number two, what's the point? We must know how to help. We must know each other to help. Because when he sent Tychicus and Onesimus there, he didn't send them there to only deliver information one way. He sent them there to help them. You had to get to know them to help them. So know and be known. Number three, God needs workers. What do you think number three is? Get to work. That's right. Wiersbe said someone has said that the greatest ability in the world is dependability. That's right. Get to work. And then number four, uh, faithful brothers and sisters will be imprisoned. So what do I do with that? Well, faithful brothers and sisters must be ministered to. We will not abandon those in prison for the sake of the gospel. Period. We will not. And I feel like I've got to start saying this maybe five or ten years before it actually starts happening. So I'm going to start saying this, and you're going to start hearing it a lot. Okay? Because I think this is going to happen a lot. And I think we need to be reminded of it a lot. And we'll be ready. And if it doesn't happen, I'm going to make sure my daughter and my son know how to say it too. Because it's coming at some point. This is coming at some point. All right? So, 
that's that first section of that passage. We'll, we'll look at verses 12 through 15 next week. We'll look at Epaphras, Luke, Demas, and Nymphus. Uh, amazing stories there. And we'll, we'll focus a lot more next week on the layout of the cities and where they physically went. And I'll show you kind of where all this stuff happened at the same place so that you can see the connections and the relationships geographically as well. So the middle of your table is a page that says weekly update at the top. Please make sure that your name and the name of everybody who was sitting at your table at some point is on there. Share your prayer requests. Pray. You get a good solid five minutes before we need to get out of here. After you've prayed at your table, you are dismissed. If you will stack the chairs up in stacks of seven where they are, we do not need to put them up against the wall. Just stacks of seven where they are after you have prayed. That's great. Thank you all. Thank you.